Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Bowie, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering. What a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome to the Maximum Mom podcast today. I always think it's fun that we do this on Mondays because, you know, I think Mondays is kind of such a crazy day usually for most of us. And today I welcome Zara Solano. Did I say that right? Zyra. Zyra. Did I say Solano right? Yeah. Okay. I am notorious for messing up names. I have one of those names with all kinds of vowels. It gets messed up all the time. And so I really am sensitive to that. So I'm sorry about that. That's okay, Um, Elise. Thank you. It took me a long time to start correcting people. Many years. (laughs) I gave up at one point. I know. Well, I was a corrector in kindergarten because my teachers used to always call me Elsie. And I was like, I'm so over this because, you know, then every kid would be like, ha ha ha, Elsie the cow. So it turned into this whole thing. And I did that pretty snarky as a kindergartner because I was like, you know, it's kind of funny that you're teaching me to spell and you can never pronounce my name. And And look at you now that set the stage for your career, who you are and everything you stand for. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I really appreciate you being here. And even before we got on, we were talking like having to put the baby down for a nap. And I just feel like we need to dive in because if you are not living the true trifecta of being an entrepreneur, a lawyer, a mom, and how that is all colliding together. And for you, I think it's colliding together this month, kind of in spades of what you're dealing with. So welcome. And first, tell us, I mean, tell us who is part of your family? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Elise. If you remember last time, my internet cut out right about this moment and we couldn't continue the interview. Yeah. So at home, we have um, my husband, Robert, and my eight month old. She just turned eight months, Sky, and our little dog, Sasha. She's about 14 years old, but she acts like she's six months. And I, our nanny, our nanny, Katie, who we consider part of our family because where we currently live due to my husband's job, she is the one closest human we have. We don't have any family or friends there. So she really has become a part of our family and she's there all the time. And we're so grateful for her. So that's my family composition right now. Who's my, in my immediate family and at home. That's awesome. Now is, well, I'll ask that in a minute. First, I just wanted to let people know, cause I didn't say it at the beginning. I mean, you run a boutique immigration firm. And as I understand it, I mean, you have offices in Atlanta, Georgia, maybe in Birmingham, Alabama, and possibly about to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that correct? That's correct. So I founded the firm in Atlanta at the end of 2011, the week of Thanksgiving. I have no idea why I was thinking that week, but it was just in time to get sworn in after I passed the bar and it opened my doors. And I had given my employer a several weeks notice and I worked right up until that week. And um, not too far long after that, maybe about six months, at least like I, I had I was on the radio. I ended up on the radio by accident through an introductory email that I thought thought was to get me on the radio, but it was really more to like build a connection and know these people. So I ended up on the radio and 
one of the newscasters, his, his job was to just announce the news on a daily basis because they didn't have someone in house. He would not leave me alone about Birmingham. It was like constantly, you need an office in Alabama. We have a lot of Spanish speaking immigrants in Alabama. They need help. We need someone. Can you come? And I just kept like saying, no, I just opened this firm. Can I get my roots established in Burm- in Atlanta? And then I just took a leap of faith and I never went back. I still have my team in Birmingham. We have physically there an attorney and two paralegals, but we have other paralegals around the country that work remote and work with the clients from Alabama. But yeah, I've been in both locations now for about 10 years. And like you mentioned, the army is moving us again. And this time we're headed to Phoenix. We'll be living in Scottsdale, but you know, we say Phoenix for those who aren't too familiar with the area and we're excited. We're really excited. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I know you all will make it awesome, but I mean, how exciting for you to be starting another office. I mean, it is daunting too. I'm it is. Sure. I think a little bit daunting, but one of my, I would say, Something about my personality that I'm sure you can relate to and a lot of our entrepreneur colleagues who are on here is we just kind of plan a little bit and have an idea. And then when we're neck deep, we're like, oh, I wasn't thinking about all this other stuff that came up. But if I think about it too much, if I plan too much, I won't take the first step forward. So one of the reasons why I'm doing it, aside from we're on a mission to help a million immigrants and we want to help as many people as possible, is that I've been working remote because I'm a military spouse since 2015. That's six years now. That was like five years before the pandemic, at least. And I just I am ready to sometimes not just put on, you know, my face and my clothes, but take it somewhere and not just be sitting behind a desk. So I'm I'm really excited to to go to an office and I'm hoping that I will find at least one person to join my team there and help me with the office. I've got one assistant who's ready to go. She's like, just put me on a plane. I'll come for the summer and help you get set up. But we're still working on those details. That is so awesome. Now, is your nanny traveling with you all and moving with you all? Or is that something you're needing? She, to she is. So we talked about it earlier this year. You know, we had our calendaring meeting in January, Robert and I, and we calendared all through the summer. We really couldn't think past that because of the move and Robert's assuming a command, which is a really big deal. And um, a lot of work, his, his schedule is really going to change. But we asked her, we said, would you come live with us for about three or four weeks just while we get situated? Because it's a lot of change. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so much change. And I'm also currently visiting my in-laws now and you and I are going on a a business trip together conference and then taking a little bit of playtime and it's just a lot. And knowing that we can have this person who we trust so much with our daughter be there while we're dealing with the craziness of getting everything moved and working with the parties involved to make this happen, it's it's really going to reduce my stress. Oh, it's huge. I mean, having that trusted nanny is, I think, just game changing as far as, you know, raising children and trying to run a business. I mean, we had a nanny when our children were young and it's, I mean, I almost hate to admit it when it was, I decided at one point to quit and stay home with my children. And literally my biggest fear was letting go of the nanny because I was like, I was like, wow, she's been such a huge part of these kids' lives. And I felt like she was this I mean, truly remarkable human who just had showed so much love and attention to my children. And I just really didn't know that I could stand up to her. Do you know what I mean? And be as good as she was at doing the job she did. 
And it was terrifying to me. And we stayed in touch with her for years and years, but it was terrifying to me to go home and be that full-time parent when I ended up staying home from work for about a decade in the middle of my journey. I think you put that so well for the way you phrase that for me and for other moms or parents, you know, who are watching and are like, yeah, I have a kick-ass nanny. Like she loves my child. She takes care of her. We got COVID at one point in October. We were so careful for so long. And you know, like everyone else is like, oh, here it is. And we said, hey, you need to stay home. We want to make sure you don't get sick. And she has other family members that could be affected. And she's like, whatever you guys need for her, let me know. Like, it doesn't matter that she has COVID. I will pick her up. I will take her. And she's the one that actually took her to the pediatrician to get the test, even though she had no symptoms. I insisted I wanted to know. But it just, I got a little teary eyed when you were talking about your nanny, because it's very emotional. When the time comes that we have to say goodbye, like, I think... I'm going to be, you know, more emotional about it than, than Sky. She won't know what's going on, but I just, at this point, can't imagine life without her, but I know that the universe is making room and space for someone just as good that will fit our family. And I know that person's out there, but like a nanny that you really trust and that is good at her job and that enjoys it. In, they're invaluable. I've learned so much from her, Elise. Oh, yeah. as a, I, I'm a first time mom. I'm like, totally. Katie, what about this? What about that? She's like, actually, you know, and she really educates me or we're doing yeah. sleep training right now. She's like, hey, I bought this other book. I'm going to kind of read while she's napping and try to help you guys out. That's just amazing. Oh, I mean, I literally used to have to call my nanny. My nanny was Rosa. She spoke Spanish as her first language. I mean, she also spoke English very well, but she communicated with my children in Spanish. That was something we, you know, agreed to that she would do to really help them. So my children often asked for things in Spanish and to me. So when I would be at home and they would be asking for something, there was times I couldn't understand what they were asking for. So I would have to call Rosa. I mean, set some crazy hours and put, you know, my daughter on the phone. She called her Kaylita and I would put Katie on the phone and Rosa would have to translate for me and tell me what she wanted. And Oh, it was, I mean, the relationship that they had was just so powerful and it taught me so much. I mean, I literally, like, I will tear up talking about this. Like I obviously, you know, had got Rosa when I had my first child. So like you, I was a first time mom. She taught me so many things. And the thing that she taught me that I will forever say was the most powerful thing. And I mean, people who know my family and who've watched them, you know, develop all through the years, all will attest my children are some of the closest knit children. They are so well connected with each other. And it is 100% because of Rosa. Because when I brought home that next baby, baby number two, Rosa was very firm. And she was a very, you know, demure, kind, you know, but I mean, she was firm on this with me. And she was like, Elise, you must let Katie, you know, be involved and take care of the baby and help you with the baby and take an interest in the baby because she said it will make all the difference in her never being jealous of that child and instead her embracing it. And that proved for all four kids. I mean, these children all were allowed to hold them, take care of them, do things. I mean, even though sometimes, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, obviously I didn't let them ever do anything dangerous. I don't mean that, but you know what I mean? They would do things wrong or put on the clothes wrong or whatever, but, um, <laughs> That's but so it, 
it didn't matter. And I mean, to tell you, it has impacted my four children for their entire lives would be an understatement. I mean, they are some of the closest siblings and it, yeah, you can learn so much from your nanny, I think. Absolutely. And I don't know what your philosophy was back then, but with our first child, because we're first parents, I had lots of experience with children. I have a really big family and it was very common in my family growing up that girls were always taking care of other babies and playing with them. And I was a babysitter in high school with babies and with children. So I had a lot of exposure to children, but not living with a baby. Right. And so we wanted to make sure that whoever joined our family, that it was someone that had their own children and had experience that way and had worked with many families before and had worked with infants before, not just children, because there's a difference. Right. And I hope I can say this on TV, but when it was somebody really young who hadn't worked that much with children or they're like, oh yeah, I helped raise my four siblings. I'm like, that's a different experience than you're getting paid to do this. And this is a career for you. And I think that the nannies who do this as a career and that this is the thing they enjoy doing the most, and they're not doing it for side money or anything like that. Those always turn out to be the best. And my mother, who's extremely critical of everything for her to tell me, wow, Katie's really amazing. She does such a great job with her. I said, yeah, she really loves her job. This is her calling in life. Oh yeah. It's so true. And that was Rosa for us. I mean, she and I had gotten referred to Rosa through another attorney. You know, she was somebody else who had used her after another attorney's family. So Rosa, you know, we joked, she was like the attorney nanny. And it was <laughs> it was just amazing. Had her own children and her own children were so impactful to me as well. Just watching them and how they behaved and how Rosa worked with them. I learned so many things and just, I mean, I don't know. I have the utmost respect for people who do work and do this work in the care industry. And because it is so important in allowing your work, and I know for my work, just allowing me to go to work and not be worried. Right. And not, I mean, I could leave my children with Rosa, go do whatever I needed to do for work. And there's not one second that I thought to myself, my children are getting substandard care. And People live with substandard care all day, every day, all over this country. And it just breaks my heart because I can't imagine how hard that is for moms. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't either. And I know when you had your kids, there weren't ring cameras, right. And all this surveillance that you can have in your house. So that's amazing. I remember my first time that I had to leave and I think Robert had a presentation at work and he had to bring some food and it wasn't ready. And he's like, I really need you to bring this and pick it up and bring it to downtown. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if we're ready to leave yet. And like, I was like, okay, ring camera, everyone's okay. Nothing's happening. You know, then you get over it. And that's really not a healthy way to live. But I agree that how fortunate and blessed we are that we found people who put us at ease and that we're comfortable with, because what's the point of having childcare if you can't be effective at work? If all you're thinking about is how are they doing? If all you're doing is calling, texting to check on the kids, or you're checking the cameras, it's just... It's like, if you're going to do that, then don't have that person help you stay home if you can, right? Or find some alternative until you really find some good childcare. Oh, it is. I mean, obviously, I think this, you know, it's such a huge conversation around 
childcare and care in general in this country and what, you know, people are going through and what daycare costs. And I mean, it's just, it is such a problem. I know with our firm, and I'm curious to know what you do. I mean, we provide a very flexible work schedule for our team. I mean, we have many people on our team who do that juggle with childcare and are constantly battling childcare issues. And so we offer, you know, really the ultimate inflexibility in when they do their work so that they can meet their children's needs as well as their work needs. How do you handle that as part of your firm? Yeah, at least we do it the same way you do. For the most part, almost everyone in the office is generally working between like eight to five standard hours, right? Eight to five Eastern. But everybody has different things because we, we want to accommodate everyone because we want to make sure that our team members who are working, that their personal goals right outside of work, they can reach those in alignment with the goals at, of the firm as well. And so for my moms at the firm, we have several. I have an eight month old. I have an associate with a five month old, maybe six. You know, I have a few paralegals who have multiple children ranging in different ages. I have team members who have teenage kids. I mean, all over the place as far as age, but especially the ones with the younger ones were like, hey, we're we're flexible, right? We have someone right now. She's the only one who could pick up the kids from school. So she picks them up and she checks out and she gets them ready with snacks and dinner and handles all that. And then she checks back in later in the day and finishes her work, which we're totally comfortable with that as well. I think that you have to be, especially those of us who are moms that are running a business, we should know more than anyone else. But for those of you who aren't parents, don't wait until you are a parent to understand the complexities of being true to who you are as a person in your career and wanting to grow and advancing your commitment to your employer, but then also your commitment to your family. You can't necessarily have both at the same exact moment, but there are enough hours in the day where you need to be flexible. I mean, just an example, uh, my firm administrator a couple of weeks ago said, hey, baby was up throwing up last night. Like, I'm really tired. I will check in later. Yeah, absolutely. If you're exhausted and you were up with your kid all night, I'm not expecting you to show up to work at eight o'clock in the morning. Like, there's no way you're going to be productive. And why? If there's nothing urgent that you can take care of later. Um, so I think that's really important, Elise. And, and I'm glad to hear that you do it at your firm. And, you know, I do it on mine as well. We try to be as flexible with parents as possible. I think it is so important. And I have to say, you know, as a parent of older children, when Eve Rodsky's book, Fair Play, came out, I mean, obviously I was, you know, on the the tail end of having children at home when it first came out. But wow, was it powerful to me to see when you look at that deck of cards and you see that there are 40 cards solely related to child care, child related activities, you realize what becoming a parent really does to your out of office responsibilities. And I think as an employer, understanding those out of office responsibility, the 60 cards that almost everybody has, and then the 40 child related cards, it helps you to understand, I think, just how important that flexibility is. And I mean, that is pretty much, at least in our office, I mean, anybody who works for me would cite that flexibility as the thing that it is like the most important thing they have is knowing that, I mean, we are like 100% flexible. Like if you want to go play with your kids and go to the park in the middle of the day, I don't care. Go play with your kids in the middle of the day and do that and work at a different time on a different day, whenever we really 
I mean, really trying to make that life work integration actually be a reality so that people can, like you say, really be their best selves personally and professionally. And that can happen. It does take a lot of juggling. I mean, I I don't mean to underestimate how much juggling it is to get it all done. But I think employers can treat people, assuming you're hiring grownups who act like grownups and who are accountable, I think it is just kind of a no-brainer to have the level of trust and safety in your office that allows for that type of flexibility. And Lisa, let's not forget the single parents. There are so many out there. Yes. And my mom, my mom was a single mom. I just... My gosh, do I commend her? I've had conversations with her where I'm like, you were, she was about maybe late 20s, early 30s, left your career behind. She was a dentist in her home country of Dominican Republic, and she knew that we would have a better life here. So that's why she came here. I'm like, you left that behind, like your your entire career. You didn't speak English. I'm like, how the heck? We were like four and three. And then we were obviously six and five. I'm like, you know, and she was going through a divorce. I said, I just don't understand how you did it. I have challenges sometimes, but I have it so easy compared to you. I just can't wrap my mind around how you made it work. And the only thing I can think of, it's that strength that parents have where it doesn't matter what obstacle is in front of you, you're going to figure out how to get through it. But to my single parents, I think employers, how do I, you know, I don't want to talk about special treatment, but you just have to understand that they don't have a backup. There's not another parent that they can just take over and help out. And I think that those, you really have to be, I think, empathetic with the situation. And like you said, if it's a responsible person, they're going to do the work. Just give them the time and the flexibility. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with everything there is to do within your legal practice? How do you keep up with your legal work while making time for growing your practice and attracting clients? Do important things like deadlines and even your family fall through the cracks? This is why you should join us at the number one conference for legal entrepreneurs, Max LawCon. We're going to be focused on helping practices scale and bringing calm to the order. This conference is curated in order to accelerate your implementation. Based on where you are in your legal practice, we're going to help you identify exactly what is most important right now. When you leave Max LawCon, you go home with complete clarity, focus, and a plan to make 2022 your best year ever. And not only your best year in terms of revenue, but your best year in terms of time. Time back with your family. More time to do the work that is in your zone of genius. Only taking the clients that you like and more money in your pocket. It's all at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. Max LawCon is a two-day event on Thursday, June 2nd and Friday, June 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri. Seats are filling fast. Grab yours today at www.maxlawcon2022.com. Oh, I mean, I have to tell you, I think some of the most amazing team members that I have had through the years have been single moms. I mean, those people are some hardcore um, people who can juggle time management issues, but also who, I mean, fundamentally appreciate the flexibility that they get. They realize that that flexibility is going to fuel their children's success. Do you know what I mean? And so, 
I mean, those team members have been some of the most loyal, dedicated, hardworking, like when they know there's like a deadline or something. I mean, they are Johnny on the spot, getting it done to let you down. They refuse to let you down. And it's, they're like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get this done, even though I have other responsibilities at home that I do by myself. Right. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. It really is. I mean, I marvel sometimes at the people on our team. I mean, we have somebody now who I think of like you, she's a spouse of an army person who is about to be sent off and, you know, kind of surprised, like they weren't really preparing for this. And she's got like three young children, you know, itty bitties. And, you know, one of the first things I did was hop on a call and I was like, we'll work this out. Like, you know, we will figure this out. Like, do not let our office or anything about your job cause you to freak out in this. Like, we will figure it out. And she was just like, okay, you know, like. Never heard this before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, I know exactly what she's going to be going through and I get it. And, you know, me being supportive of her during this time will come back in spades some other time in some other way. Like it's all fine, you know? And yeah, I think this pandemic, I hope at least it has helped people see their teams in different ways. The fact that we're able to see each other on Zoom now and see in each other's homes and, you know, see babies and carriers while we're on a Zoom meeting, because that's what's going to keep the baby from crying where, you know, yes, maybe we could be more. I don't know what the right word is, but compartmentalize where we got the baby in another room and nobody ever saw it. But that's just not always practical when, you know, we're doing all the things we're doing. And I hope the pandemic opens the eyes to other leaders who are running businesses, because I think we have an amazing opportunity to bring more and more women into the workforce rather than shuttering them from the workforce. Yeah, I completely agree. And and sometimes people say like today, the sky, we're traveling. And so we have very limited space and sky's really rowdy. And I'm like, why is she, you know, crying and making noise? But it's it's totally acceptable. And in my team, like right. we're always posting photos of if we have any special helpers. I have a paralegal, her youngest comes to the office all the time because she comes in to meet with clients and it's completely normal. And, you know, it was normal like that before the pandemic. I remember in Atlanta sitting with one of our employees, toddlers, he had a fever the day before. And so the school wouldn't let him come back for a certain amount of time. I said, bring him into the office. Like We have clients, kids running around all the time. And she was trying to get work done. And I said, here, let me grab him for a second and just put on something for him to play with. And I think it was becoming a little bit more normal. Uh, But now, like you said, there is so much opportunity for talent that's been dormant, you know, just sleeping. Just nobody knows about because they've been home with the kids. And now that I have my first child and I'm experiencing all the beautiful things that comes with being a, a parent, right? Being a mom and building a relationship with this little tiny human that you love more than words and teaching them and raising them and all these things. I understand now why there are women who choose to stay home. I really understand it. And there's, I think, a a constant battle between who you are as a career woman or a business owner, et cetera, and who you are as a mom. And now so many women, even if if they're working on a part-time basis or a contract basis, they no longer have to choose one. I think there's so much opportunity on their side as well that they can contribute 
to society in in a meaningful way that's not just raising an amazing child, an amazing human being. Right. Well, and there's a quote, I forget who wrote it. It might have been Anna Quinlan, but it was it was about parenting in the sense that it's like, you know, if you have to choose between a child thing or a work thing, choose a child thing. Like if you're literally in that day-to-day grind and it's like, you know, my child needs me or I could send these 10 emails. It's like, you know, choose the child because the work thing will always be there. Like you can always choose to do those 10 emails at a different time. But that child need and what can be, I mean, really those critical moments. And especially I think parents, as you evolve and your children get older, there will be times that it will become so obvious I mean, where you're literally faced with that choice, like you might have a teenager who's sitting in a car with you and about to drop like a teen bomb on you that you really need to be there for. Or, you know, you could be like, I'm sorry, I have an appointment or I have this. And I mean, I have to tell you that happens so much more than I care to admit. And maybe it was more in my family. I don't know. But it was so profound to really be grounded in what mattered. And, you know, that often meant dinner was foregone, like whatever I was planning to cook, or maybe I was on the way to the grocery store because I was going to drop a kid at football practice, go run to the grocery store, throw on some dinner. And now that all went out the window, but being flexible enough and being nimble enough to be able to always choose the important child things, I think was such an important thing for me as a mom coming along that really helped me stay grounded in what mattered in all of this stuff we're juggling. Yeah. And I, I know I was, I would say, I think, but I'm changing it to, I know making that decision, Elise is hard. Right. And, and I'm on here. I'm hair looks good. Makeup looks, looks good, (laughs) but this is really hard. This is not easy. Despite the fact that we have a nanny, despite the fact that we're two parents in the home, you know, despite the fact that I run a business, I have a leadership team. I have tons of people who do work every day. I'm, I'm not the one doing every single thing, but it's still really challenging. And I'm eight months into motherhood, not counting, of course, the, the nine months I was pregnant in that fun nausea time. But when you and I first did this interview that it it didn't happen because of the internet connection. I think Sky was about four months old and like we were in the thick of it with sleep and adjusting and it's better now, but it's just different, right? There's new, new things she's doing. We're getting her to sleep later and, and for longer periods of time. And that's been a journey, but now the journey is about to make sure she doesn't get hurt. Right. And, and the fact that she needs a lot of stimulation and different things to play with. And it's very challenging, you know, by no means for anybody who's watching for any women in particular who do own a business and are thinking about um, having a child soon, there's nothing easy about it at all, especially if you want to be as involved as possible in your child's life. I think at least there was a point where I was like, women can't have it all, right? Like, how do I, I do juggle all of this? And I've had to just hold space for myself and be okay with some days. I'm a mom today. Like I know there's other things that I have to deal with, but I will get to them tomorrow or that commitment that I was asked to do. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think I can, I don't want to commit the time to that. So I, I'm, this is not what I envisioned, but this is the reality. 
Well, I think it's so brilliant on your part, though, so early on in this journey, because really, you know, it is very early on when you think of, you know, parenting eight months versus you know 18, 18 years. years, right? This is the yeah. easy part, you would say. <laughs> um, but being able to look inward and be comfortable saying no to things is going to be truly life altering for you and your whole family. Because that was something I very much struggled with was being able to say no, I just, I really beat myself up so much of the time, like, well, I should be able to do it. Of course, I should be able to do it. Like, what's the matter with me? And it took me a long time to learn that no was like a real sentence just in and of itself. And that I did not need to explain to the universe why I was saying no or offer any kind of alternative. I used to be the queen of no, but then I would offer to do something else. And I mean, I just really made many mistakes in that arena. And I think that being able to understand your commitment and your capacity, I think it's cycles of life. I mean, I used to be one of those people. I mean, I have to tell you, I used to curse Gloria Steinem, who tried to make us think like that women could have it all. Because once I started having children, I was like, that is just BS. I'm like, this cannot all happen at the same time. At the same time, something has to give. Something has to give. And so I very much learned like there was cycles of this, you know, and there were times that my children truly needed me more than others. And, you know, and I needed to be present during those times. And then in some of the others, when they didn't need me as much, I could take on other responsibilities, you know, and but I really had to be, I think, super emotionally attuned. That was probably the most important thing, emotionally attuned to my children. So I was understanding what they did need. And then two, emotionally attuned to myself and when I was burning out or when I was kind of over committing. And then three, really being able to stand in my decisions and not feel like I had to make excuses or feel bad about them. At least you're my okra. I mean, I just started this journey and, you know, we've gotten to know each other over the months. And I think our business trip that we have pretty soon, I'm going to get to know you better. But I really believe you have so much wisdom based on experience and just the person you are to share. And I think cycles is a really good way to put it because there are weeks where I go really hard, really, really hard at the office. And I'm like, you know, the expense of that, the price that I paid was if our nanny agrees to stay a little bit later and she's there till six, six 30, that means I get to do dinner and bath time with sky. And like, that's it. And then the weekend comes and the mom guilt kicks in, right? Yeah. Uh, or someone will say, well, just have the nanny come on the weekend too. I said, but that's the easy way out. That means if she comes, then I get to work another six or seventh day. And that's not what this is about. You know, you've got to figure out how to balance and I'm getting there and, and I'm learning a lot on the journey. And definitely it's there's cycles. And although you're the way you're describing cycles is a little bit different and more in the future of being in tune, you know, she, she doesn't have the demands of a middle school age right. child or teenager. That's a really good way to put it of just being in tune um, with your kids and understanding what they need. And I want to be like, ladies, you know, be a badass and run that business and care, execute on those plans. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't tell you that right now because I am really just in the still the beginning phases of adjusting to this new life. I just love that though. I love how raw and vulnerable and 
honest you are about it because it's so true. And like when we talked about at the beginning before we even started about even being ready to leave your child, that's a big old decision. (laughs) We were talking about, I was asking, you know, is Sky coming to Paris when we go to this conference? And, you know, you're like, oh, yes, of course, you know, we haven't left her. And I feel you like it took me years to be able to leave my children. I mean, I told you that I didn't leave until child number three was born. And I actually was three years old before I was able to leave my children overnight. You know, I mean, I was with them all the time. And it's but these are powerful, real feelings and real emotions. And I mean, I just think that, I mean, the other thing, I think we all have to do it in a way that is authentic to us, you know, because what works for one mom doesn't necessarily work for another mom, but having any type of guilt about how we're doing it when we're being authentic to our own hearts and our own brains. I mean, if I had one thing I could just magically wave a wand and get rid of in the universe, it would be mom guilt Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, I have had it. And I mean, still to this day, things come up. And I mean, I had something recently, I said to my daughter, something about mom guilt. I was watching, you know, the Supreme court nominee talk about, you know, balancing that and saying that she probably didn't get it always right. And I sent something to my daughter and my daughter was like, are you kidding, mom? She was like, trust me, you got it right. Like all the time. And she was like, you should have no guilt about what you did for, you know, me and my brothers. And I thought, no, that's interesting. Like, here's a child of mine who actually can see beyond my own guilt and I mean, mom guilt is so destructive to us. So destructive. It is. It really is. And one of the things that helps me is understanding the reward. So yeah. for the for the month of March, I, I love and hate March. I love March because there's like an extra week in March every year. And like for our goals, I'm like, oh, we're going to kill it. Yeah. Because we've got more time in March, right? We all have infinite, the, the same the same amount of time and this extra week just really gives me a boost. But I knew we were going, I know we're going on this trip to Paris. I know we were coming this week to spend time with my in-laws. I'm working the whole time. Robert fortunately is off. And then as soon as we get back from Paris, a day later, the army sends the movers over and they're going to pack everything and move. I mean, the, the next four weeks are really crazy, but in order for me to step away as much as I can and be present with my family during the fun time and then the transition crazy time, I've got to put the work in now so I can kind of feel some weight off my shoulders and say, I didn't leave a bunch of to-dos and tasks and tasks behind. I did as much as I could, figured out strategies, delegated, and now I can really be present in this time of transition and craziness. But that's the reward. I get to go be in Paris and really participate in the conference and then have fun with my family for a week. Yeah. Well, I think it is so fun to watch your journey. (laughs) I I really do feel for you though. I think the month of April, it's going to be crazy. It is. It's genuinely crazy. And so I think, and I can hear it though in you, and I know you all will do it. I mean, just give yourself grace everywhere. Like, Every meal that doesn't get cooked, give yourself grace. Everything that is not in your house and that, you know, you're sitting on the floor or, you know, you're looking at blank walls. I mean, you just, I hope are able to give yourself just grace everywhere 
because it is crazy. And just getting through it with a happy face on where, you know, your daughter is secure, she's happy, you're happy, your husband's happy. I mean, that is like the ultimate win. The rest of it in my lingo is all lanyap. And it just, none of it actually matters. Yeah, you're right. And it's like, when I say it out loud to me and to Robert, overachievers for lack of a better term, constantly on the go, 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 go. Like we say it and we're like, well, we had a choice. We could either go to New York for a week to see our in-laws, travel to Paris for the conference for a week, vacation for a week. Oh, and pack the house up and move it before so that when we get back, our house would be ready and we can move in. Or we could just do it all after. It's like, which is the lesser of two evils, but in the middle of it, we're traveling and getting to spend time with family. So neither is evil. But yeah, I, I don't think I'll be doing this again for a while, at least I will reconsider. And part of the trip too is Robert's taking command at his next job, which means he's he's the head man in charge. It's going to be a while before we're able oh. to get away as a family. And this was just a perfect opportunity to combine work with fun and family time. And it's we're, we're ready. We're ready for all of it. And I, I think... I'll get all caught up with sleep and relaxation by the time Memorial Day rolls around. I think it'll take a solid month. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. Well, I'm so excited to be able to be with you all in France. I know Doug, my husband, who obviously retired after a bazillion years in the Coast Guard, knows all about change of commands. He is super excited to meet both you and Robert, and I'm sure they will have oodles to discuss. (laughs) Yes, especially at dinner. We've got dinner planned Monday, I heard, through the grapevine. Robert knows more about what's going on than I do. Oh, Doug knows so much more than I do. We actually, I mean, I'll have to show you when we get there. He created an itinerary, this full-blown everyday itinerary. And my daughter is coming as well. So you'll get to meet my oldest. But And literally send it to her as well. And she was like, all right, this is by far the most relaxing trip I'm ever taking. My brain is staying in DC and I'm just arriving. (laughs) Good for her. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, well, I really appreciate your time today and especially during Sky's nap. Like I know that I have a precious time. Um, Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I really enjoyed being here. And more than anything, I enjoyed the conversation and I hope that, what you shared about your life. I know it's definitely already helped me, especially that tip you shared about picking the child thing first. And I hope that our conversation helps a lot of other parents, maybe not just moms that that are watching. And um, I look forward to being on again sometime in the future. And I can't wait to see you in Paris next week. Yes, you too. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember about the grace. Yes. Grace. Okay. Grace. grace. Woosa. <laughs> My husband goes like this. Woosa. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Louise. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.